Hello everybody, welcome to the 15th episode of the Wimlex show. Uh, we're here today in London, uh, accompanied by James Mar Merton. He, together with his partner Sharon, founded a company called Alive Lab. And they spotted a gap in the augmented reality market, especially uh, catered towards children. And they founded a product line called Mardos. And uh, he will explain a lot more what uh, AR products they're developing what Martels uh, brings to the table, and we learn a lot more on uh, on AR in general. I hope. Um, so, James, uh, thanks very much to uh, be in the Wemlexio. Thanks for having me. Could you explain a little bit more about your background, how you founded Alive Lab, and how you came up with the Martels product? Sure. So, I come from a, a technology background. I've been working with technology brands, mobile communications, GPS, um, audio visual for around ten years. And I had found myself in a TV shopping channel called QVC in London, where I would demonstrate um, technology products and viewers would see the demonstration, they would pick up the phone and they would ring up and buy it. Um, my now business partner, Sharon, she was also at that same shopping channel and she was working from a home styling and interior decoration background, so selling products for the home. And we both sat down one day and we worked out um, how many millions and millions and millions of pounds we'd made for other companies over all of the years. So we decided it was time for us to maybe find our own product that we could present to QVC and, and show. Um, Sharon, because she, her background was interior styling, she had a magazine come through her door one day where you could place it on the floor, you could download an app, point it at the magazine, and a couch would pop up in your living room. And she thought this was amazing. She'd never seen any technology like this before. And, and her son, who was around seven years old at the time, he was putting a couch in the tree and a couch in the garden and a couch in the shower. And he thought it was fascinating. So Sharon called me and said, I don't know what this is, but it's like a digital couch or sofa has appeared in my house. And it's, what is it? And I said, oh, it's augmented reality. It's very expensive. This was in 2014. So it was even more expensive then. Um, do you think there's something in it? And a kind of a spark triggered. And I said, oh, maybe we could turn this into some kind of toy product or a game or something for children. And that's how the original idea came around. So um, you came up with the idea of bringing augmented reality to children's toys. Mm -hmm. um, how does it work in practice? Um, suppose my uh, son wants to play around with, with marbles. Mm -hmm. Do I have to download an app and, and then um, connect that app to uh, the toy that I bought at, at uh, my local retail shop? Uh, That's right. How does yeah. it work? So our, our first product we created was uh, stickers that come to life. We did some focus groups with young children and their families. And we, we looked at different product ideas, different things we could add augmented reality to. Um, we know that kids love characters and dinosaurs and unicorns and the children helped us choose what type of characters we might want to create. Um, some of the little girls really liked fairies and, and dragons and dinosaurs and some of the boys like rockets and racing cars and there was lots of crossover as well, which is really, really good. So we decided it was going to be stickers. So we designed some stickers. We had some animation um, developed to go with the stickers. So when you hold your app over the dinosaur, a 3D dinosaur would, would come alive. 
Um, we publish the app to the iOS, the Google Play, and also the Amazon App Store, because we know a lot of children have access to the Fire tablet, because it's much more affordable than some higher-end tablets. And it was always important to us that the technology was available to children of all ages, not just those that had expensive smart devices. So that's how it works. You point and you play and, and the characters come alive and you can interact with them, you can take photos and you can pose for selfies with them as well. Oh, cool. And how, how many uh, sorry, characters did you develop? Uh, we developed around 30 characters to start with. Um, since then, with all the success, we have now developed another 30 characters. So we have around 60 of our own characters and we've also worked with some licensed characters and there'll be some more big movie licensed characters which you'll be seeing from us later in 2019. And, and how does it work exactly? So uh, this uh, they are six. So we don't know, assume most of the people are uh, listening to this mm -hmm. podcast. It's very hard to 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 uh, to, to picture yep. pictureize it. Um, so I do have like a, an app on my mobile phone. I have like a sticker. So I film the sticker with the app, and then I see something uh, augmented. It. I don't know what the it, verb is it, exactly. In, in like in 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 the real environment. Yes. Uh, on a refrigerator or something. And or? that's what the difference is with augmented reality and virtual reality. So a lot of people get this confused. Augmented reality is when something digital appears in your actual world. So it looks like the dinosaur has appeared on your refrigerator or on your couch or on your floor. If you are virtual reality, you're in a complete virtual world. And often for that, you would wear goggles or glasses or, or a special headset. So you would buy the set of stickers, whether that's from Amazon, from our own website, from QVC, from a retail store. You download the free app onto a phone or onto a tablet. We chose to make our app offline because we felt that some children may want to use these on holiday. Maybe they're at grandma's house and she doesn't have Wi-Fi, for example. So once you download our app, it works offline. You point the app at the sticker and it, the character magically appears in 3D. You can view it from different angles to really kind of imagine it's really there. And then we have arrows on the screen that kids can control the characters, almost like a remote control car, but a remote control unicorn or mermaid or dragon or dinosaur. And they can interact with that character. They've all got sound effects as well. Um, and then they can take photos and they can flip the camera around and have a selfie with those characters too. And, 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 and what's the business model behind it? Do you sell the apps or? No, the app is always free. So the app is kind of the added value to, to make our product different. So the model is you buy the product, whether that is stickers or any of our other products we develop, which I'll talk about later. Um, and the app is kind of our point of difference. Because why buy normal stickers when you can buy augmented reality stickers? But what is, it, what is like the... the uh, technology behind the stickers is a kind of barcode, QR code? Um, it uh, works in a similar concept. So it's image recognition. So the app knows the design of the sticker. When the app sees that sticker image, it generates that 3D animation. And that's what makes AR so exciting because it can be applied to anything that's printed. I could have my image of my sticker printed onto a t-shirt and now I've got a t-shirt that comes to life or onto wallpaper or a birthday card. So the possibilities mm. of using this technology can be applied to virtually anything that is printed. Um, and that's why we think we're kind of on an upwards trend. And we started this journey a few years ago and there's a lot more to come. And, and, and uh, what's the price for such a sticker or like for 10 stickers? So a set of 12 stickers, we charge around five pounds, five euros for a set of 12 characters, a set of 12 stickers. That's so cheap. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, and that ain't, obviously the app is included with that, but often we do bundles as well. So for example, on a TV station, we would sell 10 different sets of stickers for around uh, 20 pounds, 20 euros. So it works out to be around two euros or two pounds per 
per pack of stickers. And, and can you give us some uh, KPIs about your business? So how many people are working in there? How many million stickers have you already <laughs> sold? So uh, we're a very small company. So in terms of employees, there are only around four of us in the company working on this full time. And then we have designers, developers, animators that we use as and when we need to. A very strong team uh, in, in all based in the mode. UK. Yeah, that's right. As and when we need them. So they are, they are exclusively working for us when we need them. They're not doing this for anybody else because obviously we don't want any conflicts of interest in there. Um, and in terms of stickers, we have sold around 700,000 packs of 12 stickers. So that is around about over 8 million model stickers are out there around the world being played with by children. And is it like characters which you just have invented or do you license characters from Star Wars or other? So actually, I, I remember in the last podcast you say that like creativity can't be scaled. So when I think about like Star Wars uh, merchandise, so there seems to be some areas where it can be. There's definitely some opportunities <laughs> there. So we have around 60 of our own characters. So we chose generic characters with the help of the children to find things that they were interested in. Like a dinosaur. Yeah, dinosaur, safari animals, farm animals, pets. Ah, okay. Some girls always wanted to have a pony. They couldn't have a real horse. So now they have a Mardle's horse instead, which is much cheaper. Um, but we also are licensing as well. So we're working with a company called Ardman Animations, who own a character called Sean the Sheep, who has a new movie coming out in 2019. We've done 12 different animations with them. Um, we are working with a company um, who owns Thunderbirds, really cool rockets and vehicles which you can control. And then in 2019, we will be announcing two very, very big partnerships with uh, some very big films coming out. I can't say what they are just yet, but they're very, very big films um, where we'll be animating those characters as well. Because kids obviously love characters they've seen on TV or characters they know from films. It's a much easier sell to, to bring them in if it's a character they already know yeah it could could be like added value to the film if you like uh, train the kid to hold mm -hmm. the smartphone or whatever and there's like an, an added uh action screen to exactly it's another like way for the child to interact with that character to engage with them and will probably make them more likely to engage with the next film if it's part of a franchise where there might be you know, another one coming out in so many years time yeah and i i think this uh, this uh, selling it on tv is like it's like a digital product so uh, if if, if If, if, if you would have pitched us, well, I'm me and say, okay, that's my idea. Let's produce Digger and AR. I would say, okay, there's cool performance marketing stuff we can yeah, do. We, do. we can we can have like uh, uh, influencers in there. Yeah. We can put a, like an Amazon landing page and uh, put it on blah, 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 blah. But uh, you've chosen uh, TV be because of your uh, history. I know it. Yeah. Do, will you move into other uh, channels absolutely so we obviously have our own website we sell online we sell lots of gifting websites on amazon and things so anywhere people can have a demonstration of the product that could be a member of staff in a retail store showing people on a busy day the products and then they have a demonstration and then they spend their money um, online it could be a 30 second demonstration video where the purchaser understands the concept tv shopping is a really good opportunity for us because mm. We can engage with the customer directly. They can watch that demonstration um, and we get live sales figures. So we know which characters are more popular. We know what's making people pick up the phone and we can really kind of customize the presentation based on the time of day and based on the audience member. Because here's the thing, it's the kids that are using the product, but it's not the kids that are buying the product. It's their parents, their grandparents, their aunties, uncles, their friends, which are buying it for them. So we have to make sure that the product appeals to the purchaser, but is also enjoyable for the consumer, which in our case is the child. And, and um, let's zoom a little bit in on, on other revenue models. Mm -hmm. um, you said, well, we're selling our own products. We've developed 60 characters uh, through the Mardles brand. We're 
uh, going direct to the consumers. Yep. Second stream of income, obviously, is through partnerships. Yep. Um, with the, I, I saw Scribble Down. Yes, Scribble Down is one, and there's yeah. and several ones to park, come. And uh, others that you explained that you're developing uh, uh, right now. Um, I also read that you're uh, thinking of uh, targeting the education market for Absolutely. educational purposes. Could you elaborate a little bit of on course. that? How that so we, we find already that augmented reality really sparks children's interest and it can get them to engage with things that maybe they wouldn't have been interested in before. So take a textbook, for example. You know, they're reading in a textbook, they're learning about earthquakes or volcanoes or oh, geography, whatever subject it might be. If they can actually bring that to life off their page, it's much more engaging and much more interesting for them. So we feel there's a definite opportunity to kind of establish a separate part of our company, which is solely focused on the educational market to sell to kindergartens and preschools, nurseries, also mainstream education into secondary education as well to really bring this same technology to the classroom. One of our products that we created was storybooks because we know that, um, you know, we would love children to pick up books and read, but however much we want them to do that, Kids love tablets. They love to watch YouTube videos and play games on their tablets. So we felt if we could combine a physical book with the digital augmented reality, we could help children pick up books and read stories again, but also have that digital side that we know they love and bring the characters and that story to life with interaction. And we launched that product um, last year and we sold like 20,000 books in a couple of months. And that for us was a real indication that there was an opportunity to combine this, these two concepts together. Um, so we feel that even that in a nursery market, kindergartens, preschools, a lot of those are using our storybooks to help children engage with story time, as well as using their imagination also. And then in the end, if you, if you look at your end game, uh, will you be like a white label publisher for third parties of, of AR stories or will you be branding your own products? Or, or so I think it will be a combination of both, to yeah. be honest, because we have our Powered by Models brand as well. So if somebody wants to add augmented reality to their range, they already have a regular range of product, but they want to add our technology, we would call that Powered by Models. So Scribble Down, you mentioned, is a really good example of that. They're a successful company that sell transfers. Um, they wanted to get into augmented reality. But to develop their own characters, launch their own app, would cost them far too much money. So they came to us. We licensed our characters, licensed our app. Their product is now powered by Mardles. Um, so there will be. Are they a, then using the Mardles app, or did you develop? They're an using app the Mardles app okay. because it's more cost effective. Yeah. We can also white label. We are doing this for some clients in 2019 and beyond. So it would be our technology, the engines, and the kind of development work we've done so far, but rebranded with their logo, with their you know their splash screen, their icons, etc. Because it's quicker and it's cheaper than someone else starting from scratch. It makes sense for people to benefit from the time and investment we have already made in our product, in our digital offering, um, and, and kind of piggybacking off of that in a licensing model. And can you, can you think about like um, um, other revenue models? Like I, I know that you're coming back from the, uh, from the uh, TV merchandise uh, background, but um, when I... If, if I was an investor looking on your business model, I, yep. I, I try to find out what could be like more steady income streams instead of like selling packs of, uh, packs of stickers or, 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 or printed t-shirts or whatever you want to have it. And, and I, 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 I would like to turn around the business model. I would say, okay, give away the stickers for free. So, so uh, give them, um, do a campaign with supermarkets where, yep. where they give like stickers out with, uh, for every uh, for every customer, but uh, um, but 
to activate another sticker in the app that needs to be the payment of like 20 cents or mm -hmm. something like this. So, so we've looked at that also, and that's not something that we're going to rule out for the future. At the moment, because we were selling a, a merchandise model, you're buying the product, the app is included. Um, that was the structure and the style that we took. But there's no reason why it couldn't be subscription-based. So every month, uh, maybe let's say there was 79 pence per month charge, and then every month you unlock new characters in the app or new stories, yeah. or you get new digital content. Because for us, there's no cost to deliver a physical product if it's a subscription model. So that's something we're also looking at from an educational perspective as well. For example, le learning a language. Parents will happily invest in a course for their child to learn French or German or Dutch or whatever language it might be. So what Dutch, if... They, probably not. Maybe not Dutch, but it depends <laughs> where they want. A new language of any kind. But if they could have new words, new vocabulary, new content unlocked weekly or monthly and they're prepared to pay a small amount for that over a period of time, then that is an example of a way where that model um, would work as well. At the moment, for us, it's about merchandise and our, our USP is that it comes to life with our free app and we're adding value when we're different. Um, but you're absolutely right, from a subscription model or a digital content, paying a, a small amount for some extra uh, content is also a, a, another model to look at. Uh, and are you still 100% owner of the company or is it already like venture capital uh, in there? So um, myself and my business partner Sharon, we own the vast majority of the company. And then we did a fundraise um, last year where around 17, 18% of the company um, was invested in by a crowd. We use the Cedars platform i'm sure you're familiar with cedars it's a crowdfunding platform. Um, yeah so similar to crowdcube or any of those crowdfunding platforms okay. where people can invest from 20 pounds to thirty thousand pounds or whatever to own a piece of a company and then in let's why, say why, why have you chosen this part so when we are talking to investors with uh, uh we uh, on our other podcasting show if mm -hmm. uh, um, not lots of investors but some investors talking about like alternative models of uh, funding yeah and they say okay crowdfunding and um similar models are like um do have the problem of adverse selections. So usually you're finding business models there that are not eligible by real investors. So, right. the, so the, you have to trust the crowd, which is by definition not as smart as an uh, investor can be on mm -hmm. a specific topic. So uh, uh, what's the purpose behind this way of funding? Because uh, as you've explained, uh, and with the potential of the business model and you're like an early mover, I, I would suggest as decent interest from from a VC side here. you're absolutely and we did have decent interest from the VC so we have angel investors VC investors contact us quite regularly to, to try and understand what we're doing and to try and talk more for us we we started this company as something to kind of sell on TV shopping and it grew quite quickly we've had a huge amount of um, support and encouragement from friends from family from our business networks over the years and we for us wanted to give them the opportunity to have a little piece of our pie. And also, we, we know how we're running the company, we know our direction, we know what we want to do next. We didn't want that single sole voice um, with, with input, unless they were from a very specific background and they could add value, whether that was in the toy industry, the technology industry. For us, it was about having lots of people have a little piece of the pie each. Okay, but investors are there saying they are like friendly voices. It's not like uh, uh, in the early days when investors are like dictating. I'm uh, sure, I'm sure. There's, uh, there's less interesting assets than money in the market. Of course. Uh, mm -hmm. That's uh, why you can like dictate uh, uh, the ways how, how to how to use funds. But it's interesting. So it's not, then, then it's one of the few uh, examples from crowdfunding platforms mm -hmm. I've uh, seen so far that 
uh, has not the problem of adverse selection. Uh, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting. Well, we had around 200 investors from all across Europe get involved in our campaign, mm -hmm. from 20 pounds up to you know significantly more than that. Um, and you know we we want them to be on our journey. We also want a range of ambassadors for our product around Europe as well. Because if we've got 200 people that all own a little piece of our company, they are going to be um, ambassadors for our brand. They're going to help to spread the word with their network, with their business network, their family, their friends as well. So it's, it's almost like having a, a small marketing team spread out as well, which is nice. It's because of your QVC relationship. Are you limited in terms of uh, um, brick and mortar uh, um, retail? Or no, not at all. Can so you go we... to supermarkets and give them like a... I don't know, the Okado models, for example, or uh, which is like yeah. an online supermarket. No, but... I, know, I know what you mean. So we're not limited. We don't do exclusive agreements with, with certain retailers because we don't want to restrict any opportunities that might come up. Mm. The challenge with augmented reality right now is not everybody knows what it is. The market is becoming more educated as time goes on. But if we had a pack of stickers or a, one of our products on a shelf in a regular supermarket, um, the, the general consumer may not know what it is. They may not um, understand it yet. They will as time goes on. Um, so for us, the opportunity to demonstrate it, whether that is online, on TV, physically in, in a store, um, is, is the optimum model for us that works. We have sold, uh, so Toys R Us, the big, big UK toy chain, um, we were in their stores. We sold thousands of units in their stores. Obviously, they are um, no more. But, um, and the market is evolving, you know. A lot of people now, when they want to buy for a child, they go online. And often they don't know what they want to buy. So some of the websites we sell through, gifting websites, you say, I want to buy for a boy who's age five or a girl age seven. And the website says, this is what you should buy them. And our products come up in those selections. So it's nice to see something unusual and different. But you mentioned supermarkets, which is interesting because we do feel there is a great opportunity for a, a reward, a collectible, whether that is you spend 30 pounds, 30 euros, and you get a sticker and you collect them, maybe in an album or something like that. So we are kind of talking to lots of different partners, promotional companies, um, restaurants, a really interesting restaurant opportunity I'll tell you about shortly, um, to entertain the children whilst they're waiting for their meal. It could be cool branding. Look here, like an a AR cucumber coming out. <laughs> it, could be, it could be to encourage yeah. healthy eating, you know? Yeah. It could be to encourage you know, children to brush their teeth and go to bed at a certain time. The thing with AR is it can be applied to pretty much anything. It could be the tube of toothpaste. So you scan the toothpaste and a, a kid pops up and brushes their teeth for one minute and you can't finish brushing your teeth till they've finished. It could be anything, any animation, any content, yeah. any video, sounds. So what would you consider then your most valuable asset? Valuable asset? Is it then the, um, the reach of your already installed base of the app? Or is it like the, your capabilities of knowing how to develop um, AR? Uh, so I would say it, it was our being, being first to market as the people for kids augmented reality. Mm -hmm. we're, we're quite well respected within the industry at, at what we do. We don't try to be anything else than what we do. Whilst we are kind of branching out into other areas, um, we are kind of focused on child friendly and family friendly augmented reality here in the UK and rapidly in the USA as well and across Europe. Um, the truth is, not anyone, but it's becoming easier to create augmented reality. You can outsource to developers, animators abroad or do a course from home and learn how to do something. But we pride ourselves on having really high quality animations, really colorful characters, um, which have been developed with children helping the focus groups to develop them. There are so many people that launch a product or bring a product to market without actually 
assessing the market properly, talking to their potential consumers, listening to them, making changes. And that's something that we do really regularly with all of our products. And you said before that, that the augmented reality market is, is just evolving and mm -hmm. getting started and people in supermarkets who see your stickers might not recognize it as an AR product. Um, I think it was two years ago we had kids walking around with their mobile phones trying to find Pokemon Go yes. <laughs> characters. Um, I think you recognize that here in, uh, in London and, and Bristol and, and Hamburg and Kiel, everywhere yep. we, we had these kids uh, walking around. Um, did Pokemon Go do anything for your business? It really did. It raised a huge awareness of the technology. The interesting thing with Pokemon Go is a lot of people didn't know the name for the technology that was being used, but they knew that there was a virtual character on their screen and they knew that they would could interact with it and have it on screen. The interesting thing about Pokemon Go is from a technology perspective, it wasn't massively advanced. You couldn't really do much with the characters. It was more a case of collecting them and getting out and about and, and finding them and, and catching them at certain times, which was very clever. Did a lot for kids in terms of fitness and mobility because it encouraged them to go out. The challenge with Pokemon Go is if you're a child with a tablet that doesn't have an internet connection, you can't use it. You need to have a, an active data connection to use apps of that kind. And for us, because if we've got, say, a four-year-old using a storybook at grandma's house, or they're interacting with stickers that they've downloaded an app to use on a plane, we want them to be able to use this technology wherever they are at any time without the need for an expensive smart device or the need for an internet connection or registering an account or any kind of data. For us, it's about being kind of safe for parents and families as well as fun for the children. But we were, we were able to say to people, you know what Pokemon Go is? Yeah, well, this is like that same technology, but stickers, you can interact with them, you can control them, you get to keep them and use them wherever you are. So it did kind of propel the awareness of it, but not necessarily the term augmented reality. The funny thing is what you said is that Pokemon Go helped actually kids go out of the house and, it did. and, and, and started moving again, mm. um, being in the outside. I saw on your website that you also work together with uh, theme parks, with attraction uh, mm. parks. Um, is that also like a, we talked about the education market before? Yep. Um, geo location of of, of uh, AR is that an area you're you're actively Absol looking into? We're as actually well? working on a project right now that I can tell you a little bit about with a tourism company up in Scotland. So they have got various castles and palaces that they want to bring families and schools back to because you know the, the buildings themselves, some of them are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old, some of them are ruins. So how do you get a child or a family to engage with what that may have been like to understand the history rather than just reading a sign, which is what you would get at most you know, castles or palaces. So we are bringing six different sites to, in Scotland to life with our technology. We're not using our own app. We've created a special app just for them. It will allow children, families, school trips to go around the different sites and to interact. They can play tennis with Mary, Queen of Scots. They can build a castle. They can shoot cannons out to sea and hit a pirate ship. And it's about getting outdoors. The app will know when you're at different locations. And also from a, an e-commerce side, users will then be able to look at local restaurants, local accommodation and kind of encourage them to use more tourism within the area that they are. So it can be used, and from a fitness perspective, we were talking to a company recently who have outdoor playground activities. So you could have it that you have to go around uh, and scan different sites around the playground to bring different characters to life. So whilst some products will kind of mainly be used indoors, whether that's books or 
colouring or something like that because we do colouring books that come alive with your designs as well. Um, from an outdoor perspective, fitness, mobility, getting people to explore um, and bring kind of history and leisure to life as well. It works that way also. And, and in terms of monetizing these projects, um, how are you cooperating with, for example, uh, the Scotland Tourism Authority? No, so, so we um, we pitched for the tender. They They put out a project and said, we want to do this. We said, if you give us the work, this is what we would do. We agreed a price. They pay us. Okay. We do the work. So and they price. own it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And um, then uh, when the project is finalized, uh, so we is, is there like a uh, starting date and an end date? Or is this something that could monetize into, say, in, in the agency uh, language, a program client of that course. is a recurring business for you? Yeah. So we, um, we have a small ongoing maintenance cost for us to maintain the app, yeah. keep it compatible with future operating systems because there is a small amount of work involved in that. Um, but also we'll be adding new sites to the trail on an annual basis for at least two years, maybe three years as well. So whilst it's a, a project w- will be ready to launch early 2019, there'll be a second phase and a third phase. So we ongoing also, revenue. Absolutely. We and also hope to use it as a case study as well for other people. That makes it interesting, interesting for investors because they usually look at uh, recurring business yep. and for you as well because then you're really becoming like a technology provider of AR services. That's yeah, right. And, 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 and it sounds though you've told us in the beginning that you're using like freelancers. So and, and the business potential seems like unlimited, more or less. So just the example was like old castles and shoot cannons. Or even I am interested. Not only my kids. Yes. Of like shooting a cannon from <laughs> a castle really or sitting, a, yeah, you being at top of a castle. Too. And usually it's very very hard to get there because there's no elevators. And then you are on top of the castle and you have a nice view. And then <laughs> but having done an app and uh, uh, shooting cannons, yeah. uh, maybe in an, in the games with other people uh, that, that, that sounds pretty amazing yeah uh, so that, that's why I'm still it, uh, it's, 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 it's astonishing that you have uh, uh, these um, these people as uh, freelancers are even outside of the, of, of the company we're have very you, fortunate and we, yeah. we we work really hard to find people who can understand what we're trying to achieve and have a really high standard a high quality of work yeah and ha- have you tried this uh, uh, TV selling stuff on in other countries or just in, in in the UK yeah so we have so within about one hour of us launching on QVC in the UK we had contact from QVC in the USA so I flew over there uh, to <laughs> Philadelphia yeah. because they uh, they saw the results they could see the sales figures we were the second best-selling toy of the year on QVC Thousands and thousands of units were selling in just a few minutes. So it was really interesting for us. Um, so, yeah, since then, I've been to QVC in the US, the Home Shopping Network in Florida, um, the Shopping Channel in Canada, in Toronto. And you're on the show. You're mm-hmm. selling it. Yeah, I literally, I will fly in. I will maybe do one or two days where I'll do a few shows. Um, also, QVC in France, QVC in Germany. Um, and soon, hopefully, we hope to add some more countries uh, as well. Just for contracting or have you done the shows already? Uh, no, so we've so US... Germany, France, Canada, they've all been done already and they're ongoing. So right now, as we record this podcast, it's the middle of December. So I managed to find a small mm-hmm. amount of time when I'm not on TV. But tomorrow I'm back to QVC Studios demonstrating to say, um, if you want to get some last minute presents for the children for Christmas, this is what we can show you. And I'll be showing them our coloring books and our stickers. Um, and then from, believe it or not, the shopping TV market for toys begins in July. Because the shopping TV customer, they start preparing for Christmas very early. They will put their Christmas tree up in July for a day and pretend it's Christmas. And they will buy their Christmas presents. They will pre-order their Christmas food. They will listen to Christmas music. And we can sell thousands and thousands of products in July for people who will put them under the bed or put them in a cupboard 
ready for Christmas. Well, and how, how, is, how does the model work with the QVC? Is there like a revenue share? No, them? so it, it works like any, any normal retail model. They buy the stock from us and sell it to the customer. However, most shopping TV works on a sale or return basis. So you have to be very confident that your product will sell. Um, and if customers don't buy it, then that stock will come back to you as a mm. supplier. And having been in the QVC and shopping TV industry for over 10 years, I've seen that happen to some really good inventions. But if it's not demonstrated right, if the price isn't quite right, if something big is happening on the news, so people are watching the news and they're not watching the shopping channel, you get bad sales. The shopping channel says, okay, have your stock back. We don't want to sell it anymore. What's so a- it's really interesting how kind of how you can really swap, you can really fly or you can really sing. So you presented it on QVC Germany uh, in English? So interesting, yeah, in Germany and France, they use an interpreter. So the host would talk to me in ah. German. I would hear in my ear the, uh, the ah. English. I would speak in English and the interpreter would translate. And for that the viewers. It, Yes. It, for me, I have to really multitask. Incredible. Do you know why it is? I think because if you're watching German TV, you're used to hearing German voices all day long. Yeah, that's true. If suddenly an inventor has flown in from London to show you this product, you, you sit up and you listen. And the same in America. They hear American voices like all day, whether that's rolling news or sports or whatever they're watching. If suddenly an, an English man pops up and says, I've flown in from London to show you this, you know, for your children, for your grandchildren, it makes viewers sit up, pay attention and, and watch the demonstration. Because I only have maybe five or six minutes to do the presentation. And Not that's more? to show... No, that's it. It's not like an hour. Usually I know the shows when, it's a, when they try to sell frying pans. Oh, yeah. like, like, yeah. They so present it like an hour. Like, yeah. So Some how infomercials cool they are. can be that long. But for us, generally, it can be for like four or five minutes. The most we would ever get is maybe 10 or 12 minutes. And that's unusual. And then But, you sell like 20,000 packs. Mm-hmm. Split into bundles. So depending on where we are. So we could, we the, the volumes can be really interesting. <laughs> really interesting. But it, it has to be the right product. It has to be the right price. has to have a good demonstration. There has to be sometimes some choices, maybe for boys or for girls or different ages. Um, and if you can get the model right, and it, the margins are not big. For the for the vendor it's not you know we're not making yeah, huge if, huge if, amounts even if they were big like with five bucks per uh, package like uh, it's not like huge amounts of money so so the so the the uh the uh, scale of the business model is limited by your ability to travel to uh, qvc well we studios. found a solution for that as well yeah. so what we're doing now is every time i go to a new country i train a local presenter on how to be me So I was in Florida last month <laughs> for the Home Shopping Network and I did... Including the uh, UK accent, the British accent? Uh, maybe not so much the British accent. They don't dress as me. They don't use a mask. But um, yeah, so I was in Florida for the Home Shopping Network. I did uh, around five shows in October myself. I then trained a local presenter on how to best demonstrate the product, what the brand is about, all that kind of stuff. And now he presents the shows for that channel because... You know, we we are limited, like you say, by physically being present in those stations. So by building that relationship with the viewers and, and keeping them interested for coming back for more, we try not to offer them too much of a range each year so that we can come back next season with the same concept, but in applied to a different product. For example, when we launched with our stickers, they were very, very popular. We sold hundreds of thousands in the first year. We knew we couldn't just come back with more stickers for the following year. Yeah. So then we launched coloring books. So children can color in the pictures. They can use any pens or pencils, any designs they want. When the animations come alive where they are, it's their design on the animation. 
So we wrap their That's design cool. around the 3D model. I want to have it. It's really cool. And yeah. it's interesting because whilst we aim these things at the children, yeah. it's the parents and the uncles and the, the dads and the aunties that are so amazed by it that they want to have a go as Is well. That, can we put a link in the, in the podcast uh, uh, where, where people can buy it? Is that possible? Of course, yeah, absolutely we can. Do you have a direct website for this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's models.com. Oh, okay. Our own website. All of our products are yeah. available. I'm we sold. ship worldwide. I'm sold already. I and we it. have videos of all the products as well. Because if you're listening to the podcast right now, you might be struggling to, to visualize what this might look like. Yeah. And we have, or you can go to YouTube and search models. There are loads of videos of the product in action, reviews, kids using it, etc. Um, and it, it, it is the first time people see it, their mouth opens and they say, wow. Nearly every time. What still surprises me, I mean, um, you're explaining on, on your products and on the market and AR and, and, well, we have some background data on how big Pokemon Go was. Um, well, you, you, you seem to have endless possibilities of growing your, your AR platform into other markets like education mm -hmm. and, and, and geolocations. Um, why aren't more companies uh, in, this, in this industry? Um, I, I mean... Maybe there are, but there are no there are no flagship cases after Pokemon Go that uh, were uh, on a global yeah, level and making yeah. this this kind of impact. It's a, good, it's a good question, and we we try to keep an eye on the AR industry as a whole, not just the bits that are relevant to us. And there have been other kind of reincarnations of Pokemon Go since then, but I think Pokemon Go was such a craze; they were the first people to kind of have a mass AR app. Well, you know, there have been other other very similar games to that with in-app purchases and credits and tokens which have been monetized but nothing has, has had that exposure that pokemon go has had um from an ar perspective there are lots of agencies lots of companies that can do one-off projects that can do create your own app create your own characters but they can be quite expensive and they can also take quite a lot of time for us we've tried to make it really easy to partner with people they can either white label our app and we'll badge it with their branding we can do that very very quickly they can also utilize characters we've already worked with an example of that is there's a restaurant chain in the uk called beef eater they have got lots of restaurants in in all cities in the uk and when kids go for a meal with the family how do you entertain the kids it'd be great just to talk across the table but normally you see kids sat there with a tablet used to be they would just do some colouring on an activity sheet that would keep them happy for an hour. But nowadays you see kids on the tablet, they're playing games or watching YouTube while mum and dad and the older children are, are trying to have a conversation or, or enjoy their food. So they, this uh, chain, Beef Eater, wanted to innovate and add some technology to their kids' experience. So right now, if you go to any of their restaurants in the whole country, your activity sheet in front of you has our characters that you can scan with the app, bring them to life, interact and play with. And every time you buy a kid's meal, you also get a card game with it that has, again, our technology for interaction built into that. So the benefit for us is it gets our app downloads up and it gets more and more people interacting with the models brand. The benefit for the restaurant chain is they haven't had to make their own app. They haven't had to develop any characters. They've not had to wait six months for it to happen. The whole thing happened in like a couple of months. All we do is need to form the relevant legal agreement, understand, you know, the length of the campaign, the options. Um, and it's quicker, it's cheaper. So that's why I think we're getting a lot more interest from partners who want to add. They know that they should be moving in this direction, but they are worried that it might be really expensive or might take them a long time or they don't know who to go to for it. But still, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, the, the, the market seems to be so huge. Mm -hmm. um, if I think of a scaling up model, uh, it, it seems to make a lot of sense to hire uh, some sales reps in Germany, in, in, in the Nordics, in, in the Netherlands and do similar activities compared to what you're doing here. Like, 
making partnerships with restaurant chains, with theme parks, uh, with uh, uh, children's books. And that's exactly you can, you can ramp up your, your business very quickly. So I would we say. will be at Nuremberg for yeah. the uh, European Toy Fair. Okay, in, that's the biggest one, right? That's huge. Yeah, it's it's. We, we went before... Uh, I've, heard it, I've heard a lot about this. Uh, it this takes carfare, about yeah. three days to walk around. It's, it's such a big show. It's why amazing. in Nuremberg? Is Ravensburger from there? Or uh, other uh, children's... Uh, uh, Playmobil? Some, there yeah, I, th- I think, think. It's, a, it's a nice central point for yeah. a lot of Europe to get to. Um, annoyingly, no. the... Uh, no. uh, yeah, not well, it's true. not. No. Because not. the, the, <laughs> the like, airport... It's like there's, Utrecht. There's like one flight to get there from London. it's central. Utrecht is a good place. Oh, no, okay. Then it's like groaning. If you go from Munich, it's like an hour and a half on the train. But Nuremberg is a big, big show where the whole the whole of Europe, the toy buyers, people in the industry go to. So we have an exhibition booth at that show. And then a week later, we'll be in New York at the American Toy Fair. We've been in the American Toy Fair a couple of times before. And it's a really good opportunity to pick up. Um, the market, obviously, in the US is, is much, much bigger than the UK. The benefit to us is they're all English speakers. So for using our content, our products, our characters, other than a couple of safety tests that might be different, a couple of spellings to change on the packaging, it's a very easy step for us to make into the US as well from a partnership perspective and also with our own products too. And I understand that. And I think that makes a lot of sense to, to, to venture out mm-hmm. to those fairs. Still, I mean, hiring those sales reps in these markets to continue building partnerships, isn't that a model that could quickly scale up your company? Potentially, it's finding the right people, finding the right people that are are capable, that are hungry to get big projects, and also the funding in the first place, even to hire two or three good sales reps across Europe for on a a one-year contract alone, you know, it's going to be a good couple of hundred thousand euro commitment and will there be a guarantee that they'll be able to get the projects in? Will they be able to sell it like the owners of the company? I would hope so. Then again, um, money is abundant, as we just heard, heard from Alex. So maybe. VCs are, are maybe lining up if you, if you can uh, display the size of the market and, mm-hmm. and the growth what potential. Would be, though, there's a lot of like, uh, investors listening to this podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope yeah, so. yeah, there are, there are, are investors listening to this podcast. What would be your conditions for investors then? What be our conditions? No, not in terms of valuation, but like what kind of investors would you would you? For us, I think select? it would be either from a people from a technology background that mm. can understand the potential for this industry. There is a lot of research, a lot of um, paperwork that that supports the growth of AR and VR as a category worldwide. Um, the we would also want probably someone if they had contacts commercially with whether that is in the toy industry, in the restaurant industry. Um, in the promotions industry, um, in marketing, because the with big agencies that have lots and lots of clients that don't have their own marketing houses, if a big marketing agency came on board and said, we could do promotions with our, our clients that have, um, I don't know, cereal companies or crisp companies or sweets companies or clothing companies that could apply our technology quickly and easily. Because here's the challenge. We can't patent what we do. We can't, we can trademark our brand and our characters and obviously all that protection is in place. But if someone has the, um, you know, the, the funding in place and the, the manpower and the quality of work in place to try and get, you know, to try and do the same thing, they can. We be, we're very open about that. It's not a technology that we can protect and put a bubble around. You know, this AR has been around for over 10 years, well over 10 years. It's just only now that it's being harnessed in a way that the everyday consumer can kind of interact with it. But if there is, you know, people listening to this or watching this that think, 
I see the potential, I've got the contacts, I can understand what they're trying to achieve and I can add something as well as, as simply cash, we'd always be interested to talk to people. Yeah, that's cool. Though is there like, uh, though we are like uh, uh, um, coming to, th to the end of um, this podcast, so we're a little bit limited in time. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope we haven't lost so many people uh, <laughs> until now. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, is that something you're really looking forward uh, into 2019 in terms of like new product, new apps, or like um, apart from the, uh, from the trade fairs? So we, we do have some new products that we'll be launching in 2019, some of our own products. So right now we have our stickers, our coloring books, our storybooks, and also some dress-up masks as well. Um, but for me, the most exciting thing, and I can't say too much at this point, is the partnership that we'll be announcing um, with some major, major films that will be out in 2019. Huge, huge films that lots of families will be going to see. So to have the chance to work with those characters that children will know and love and bring them to life with augmented reality is really, really exciting. That's incredible because you, you told us that you have, like, you have only like four employees or four people. Uh, full-time. Full-time full mm -hmm. doing like new products. Then these, just the, imagine, uh, just the contract management uh, <laughs> for like a, a big movie would consume like a whole legal department in other, other companies. We have fantastic legal advisors, mm -hmm. fantastic um, designers, developers, animators. We have a brilliant team of people who we call upon, that we trust their expertise, that have been on board with us from day one for over four years. And they've helped us with our, with our contracts, with our negotiations, with business advice as yeah. well. So and, we're, we're and very fortunate. In, in the history of Wimblex, you are so far by by far the most efficient founder, I would say. <laughs> so, so far. If there's a price, so, so far, yeah. yeah it's, it's I'll incredible. take that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that, that, that's incredible. So there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going, uh, going on there. So I, I will definitely go to your website and buy some uh, um, of, this, uh, of the stuff. I brought some for you today. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's see? You're the lucky you're, ones. You're a seasoned QVC you are today. moderator. <laughs> for the TV viewers, you see two big smiles now yeah. from <laughs> Alex and myself. For everyone yeah. else, go to models.com and yeah, buy your own. It's cool. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really inspiring. I, I'm, I'm, very, uh, uh, I'm very excited to see more of, um, of the stuff. I'm, I Thank still you. need to figure out why the market is, hasn't like especially after the Pokemon Go example why it boomed so I would expect that every supermarket is full now uh, with uh, with AR stickers which isn't which isn't the case yet correct so it's an interesting uh, an interesting riddle yeah the potential is uh, really big and there are new kids being born every uh, day so our market is is changing and evolving all the time cool great thanks a lot thanks for being having on me. this show thanks, thanks so much a lot. thank it you it was great thank you